the biggest breakthrough at Guava Box was marketing batch days. So every Wednesday for the entire morning from when we got in in the morning until 1 p.m., everyone on the team would just spend the entire time writing and primarily blogging. We'd have a prioritized list coming into the day. We'd have done the SEO research to figure out what we were going after. And you just write as many posts as you could get through it. And so we did that for nine months straight. We went from a couple hundred site visitors a month from people who were clicking on it or we were clicking on it and didn't have our IPs blocked or whatever else to over 15,000 visitors a month in traffic. And so that was our big kind of turning point as an agency was the consistent, disciplined, scheduled content creation that came out of those marketing batch days. Welcome to Agency Breakthrough where we bring you real gritty stories of agency operators who found the path to get past the plateau. Whether it's hitting on a playbook for massive growth, scaling profit margins, or just finding a way to have an agency and a life, we're here to share how they achieved it and laugh a little along the way. Presented by Zenpilot and ClickUp. And your hosts today are Jakob Greitzar and Gray McKenzie. All right, welcome back to Agency Breakthrough, everyone. I just surprised Gray here by hitting record. <laughs> she didn't know I could do yeah. that, but I could. Uh, Gray, how are you doing today? Excellent. I'm, uh, you know, I'm low on sleep. I'm high on energy. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, that's the state that I was in for most of my school years and university. <laughs> yeah, by my own wish, I kind of I just I stayed up and played video games way too much when I was uh, when I was younger. Anyway. So today we're doing a kind of a shorter one and a more contained episode that'll be about one of your agency breakthrough stories, uh, Gray. And today we're telling the story of Wavabox and talking a little bit about kind of what the breakthrough was uh, there. So I thought we would jump right into that then uh, because we're both kind of high on energy after recording a previous episode just before this. Uh, Gray, what's, what's Wavabox anyway? Yeah, Guava Box was almost named Cyberduck. And anything with the word cyber is like that, that tells you what era this was in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's like a very, you know, what do they say? Late aughts? Is aughts the right phrase? Is there another for the, you know, zero, oh, 2001 to, or 2000 to 2009? I've heard aughts used, but I still have not figured this out in Polish. You know, I'm not going to bore you with the Polish version, obviously, but like I'm glad you've got some something at least to go on. Yeah, let's say late aughts. All right, the, the late odds. So uh, this is our, our first agency. And Andrew, my business partner today, and I launched this out of our college dorm room uh, officially be, very beginning of 2011. So as we were just about to graduate, there were four partners originally. Andrew and I the two surviving. The others are still alive, but no, no longer in Guava Box. The name, believe it, I mean, we struggled to come up with a name forever. The one, I think, smart insight, total random side point, but about the name was we knew we wanted to be something that was nebulous enough that we could change it. We didn't want it to be Gray McKenzie's web hosting and website design business because there's a good chance that would not be what it was a couple years later. And sure enough, we spent a year in the wilderness. So we talk about that pre uh, version of the breakthrough story. A year in the wilderness is digital yes men. Saying, you want a Facebook page built? We'll build it. You want this mobile app built? Uh, we'll build it. You want a website? We'll do that. You want an e-commerce site? We'll do that. Like We'll yeah. figure out kind of whatever. If it's uh, connected to the internet, we'll figure it out. We weren't that good at it. 
Uh, there were some core things that we were good at and a lot of stuff that we were not good at. But if you had money and we could stay alive and keep paying our bills, uh, we would kind of say yes to it and then go figure it out. And obviously, chronically undercharge and and uh, and kind of deal with all the all the challenges. So, um, but Guava Box evolved into uh, inbound marketing and web design agency. Okay. So tell me... I'm really trying to follow kind of the structure that we came up with here when we kind of came up with the show in general. So first, I would ask you about the scale. So Guava Box, what was the scale? I imagine quite you know small at, the, at that point in time because we'll get to the breakthrough moment in a moment. And yeah, uh, but tell me about the, the scale first. Yeah, so started with four, about nine months in, there were three of us, it kind of stayed that way for a while. And then ultimately, once we grew kind of through the breakthrough and before pivoting over to uh, the second chapter of our story, Do Inbound, uh, we got up to about 15 people um, between kind of, uh, employees and freelancers. Okay, and what was the kind of time span between this, uh, between Guava Box starting and evolving yeah. into Do Inbound? Uh, so two years after, so 2011, we launched Guava Box. Uh, 2013, towards the end of the year, we launched Do Inbound. Okay. Uh, and then shifted a bunch of our focus there and kind of our team also from Guava Box to Do Inbound at the beginning of 2015. Let's jump into the breakthrough story then directly. Tell me what was the breakthrough at Guava Box that, uh, you know, we wanted to, that, you know, that we could talk about here like, what was the problem? How did you approach it? What did that change for you? I mean, the first problem was we made $31,000 as a company, not made in, in terms of profit, like made in terms of revenue in oh. 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only one who's full-time, fortunately, but still my paycheck or my, you know, my distributions that year were $16,000 pre-tax. Um, so I was not supremely well-paid. <laughs> I was probably adequately paid for the con, for, you know, for for what we were doing at the time, um, but it was hey, here's uh, really kind of me going solo. Everyone else with other things going on. But after graduation, I went full time because I felt like hey, the business is not going to be around in a year if nobody goes full time. And I'm excited about this because even if this flops, and there was kind of an expectation, hey, this will pro- we'll probably fail at doing this, but it'll be a great education in terms of business, and we'll get to make some cool connections as we go through it. Well, it started out. We're primarily selling to our network and then you know anyone who we can get in touch with. But there's basically no site traffic. There's no sales process. There's no funnel. There's no, you know, how do you actually acquire customers? How do you acquire your first customer? And then how do you deliver? And then how do you acquire customers at scale? And then how do you deliver at scale? Those are like the hurdles that every agency is getting over and somewhere along the lines is how do you actually make sure that you're making money on that? And how do you take care of people well? And there's, there's a, just a series of um, lessons in the agency learning curve. So our big holdup was we didn't have a way to acquire customers that weren't just related to us or you know, there was something, some second connection somewhere. You know, said, oh yeah, I think you know, these crazy guys fresh out of college can probably do that cheap and inexpensive. So that was the problem. We also were unclear on what we were. We, like I mentioned before, we were doing all these different things. And so we've been following HubSpot for a while. In middle of 2012, we made the craziest investment and we spent you know, 20% of our last year's revenue, more than that, of you know, 25% of our prior year's entire revenue of the company to invest in HubSpot and say, we're going to oh. go all in 
in terms of inbound marketing. These are the services that we're going to start packaging and offering to our clients. Um, and we're going to go in on software and do this for ourselves as well. So am I getting that right? You went kind of all in on inbound marketing, both internally and externally. This is what we do for clients. And also this is how we're going to grow ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, kind of the internal stuff was like, it, it was really bought as a desire to package up from, I mean, we took a class, Andrew and I took a class uh, fall semester of our senior year called content marketing. The very first version, internet content marketing was the oh. version of this class. Uh, first, first version of that class ever taught. And we were both excited about it. And so we love this idea of content marketing. We were reading Content Marketing World. We were reading Chris Brogan, um, Seth Godin, you know, like a bunch of these early internet content marketers. And um, so it was HubSpot was kind of like in that direction where we wanted to go anyways. And we wanted a way to package that up and figure out how to try and sell that and position that in the, in the marketplace. So um, the first desire was, hey, how can we have a you know, something coherent to sell to, to clients that hopefully will, will make sense for them and is aligned with where we want to take this thing. And then secondly, we got to figure out some way to grow. And so hopefully we can tap into this and, and figure it out. And there really wasn't a lot of Western Pennsylvania. We were working with a lot of industrial manufacturing companies. And um, believe it or not, HubSpot was not big in that market at that time. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's still not big in that, mar- in, in that market today. But... Um, so that was kind of what led up to the HubSpot engagement. I'm curious about one thing, because I'm trying to get into your mind at the time. You're sitting at like, kind of you're listening to this uh, to this class, or you know you're you're getting that knowledge about internet content marketing on the internet. Get out of here, <laughs> Web 2.0. Yep. Yeah. And so, did it just literally pop in your mind that like this is something that we can both like? We, we learned about this kind of just now. And this is something we can both do and sell? Or is it like too much of a leap and you had to kind of master it first and then start offering to clients? How fast was that? Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, there's a breakthrough before the breakthrough here where there's a uh-huh. whole story of our college lacrosse experience and how we did content marketing and had real life success there. And that led to the business, which I'm happy to go into if that's uh, interesting now or later wherever you want to chase that one. But um, no, HubSpot was first, we need to do it. I think there's always been, and sometimes to our detriment in terms of revenue, but Andrew and I have always been, I think, on the scale of most entrepreneurs, we're probably more responsible, uh, less aggressive. And that has, you know, historically, I think, slowed down our growth. I'm not sure that I would teach other people the same thing. But an element there of, hey, we need to figure this out for ourselves first before we go in good conscience take this to someone else and say, yeah, pay us at the time, three grand a month to go do this. So there was that element. Okay. Agency Breakthrough is brought to you by ClickUp. ClickUp is the number one productivity platform and fastest growing work management solution for agencies. ClickUp gives you an easy way to track all of your clients, projects, deliverables, tasks, and team capacity in one place. With ClickUp, your team will finally be fully aligned and rolling in the same direction. Go to ClickUp.com, that's C-L-I-C-K-U-P.com to get started on the free forever plan.
Yeah, so you mentioned the breakthrough before the breakthrough. We sat on one thing for today. Let's stick to that one thing then for today. There's a specific breakthrough moment at Guava Box that you know you mentioned we might talk about in this episode. Let's jump into it. What was the breakthrough moment? Yeah. So the biggest breakthrough at Guava Box was this content batching or basically introducing marketing batch days. So every Wednesday for the entire morning from when we got in in the morning until 1 p.m., everyone on the team would just spend the entire time writing and primarily blogging. We'd have a prioritized list coming into the day. We'd have done the, the search, um, you know, the SEO research to figure out what we were going after. And you just write as many posts as you could get through. And some days that was a half of one. And some days that was three blog posts that you could write. Uh, we'd get them scheduled and we'd get them published. There's email in there. There was a very, very small amount of social. Um, but it was super heavy on the content production. Today, if we were doing that, I think we'd split our efforts and we'd do content production and content promotion. But really, SEO was our big channel. And we spent very little time um, intentionally pursuing other links or doing anything other than just writing the content. And at that point in time, uh, that started to pay dividends pretty quickly. And so we did that for nine months straight. We went from you know a couple hundred site visitors a month from people who were clicking on it or we were clicking on it and didn't have our IPs blocked or whatever mm-hmm. else to over 15,000 uh, visitors a month in traffic, which blew up our pipeline. Our, our site was converting at about 3% from visits to contacts. And then obviously, you know, uh, some percentage of those were converting into um, the sales opportunities and the the deals that were being created, and so that was our big kind of turning point as an agency was um, the consistent, uh, disciplined, scheduled content creation that came out of those marketing batch days. And then I've got around eleven hundred follow up questions about that. Let's start with. How did the batching start? Like, who was the first to say, and how did it happen that you decided, okay, we're going to meet on Wednesday and just write for four hours straight until our eyes and fingers bleed and see what happens? I don't know. Uh, I don't know who suggested that. Um, I know that there wasn't any resistance to it. It was, hey, we need to work. You know, it's the the common pain point of hey, we're trying to fit our our own marketing efforts. Yeah. Uh, which going in on HubSpot was tied to the realization that, hey, we absolutely have to take this seriously and uh, go hard on the uh, on our own marketing if we're ever going to grow past our very small network. Um, so there was, but we were trying to fit it into a sales call here and you know building a website and so the classic, hey, we sold a project that's great. Now let's go head down heads down for two months and you know, build it and launch it and then get to the end and realize, shoot, we don't have the next project because we haven't been doing that. Now we need to go okay. sell again and go into sales mode. So this this is a stair step that happens to so many agencies of we got to market and sell, 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 sell. Oh, we got a lot of work. Now we got to just deliver, deliver, deliver. And oh no, we're running out of steam. We got to go back into, you know, sales mode. And so you've got the the stair step approach to agency growth that happens all the time. And that's exactly the hamster wheel that we were stuck on. So trying to build away from that was one, a move towards a retainer model, which came with the inbound marketing and kind of classic HubSpot playbook at that time. And then two, we've got to have steady deal flow if we're going to be able to, to deliver on this. So everyone was on board for the, for the batch days. Um, 
we kind of rotate through who's taking point on what. You know, I gravitated a little more heavily towards SEO at that point in time. So like the research made sense for me to do. Um, Andrew did a ton of our writing and um, had some of our best performing content um, was stuff that he wrote really well. The content branching system was really well received. And it was a lot of, you know, we just talked to Marcus Sheridan and it was a lot of they ask you answer type of type of stuff. Okay, I was going to ask next, could you tell me and the listeners, primarily the listeners, more about how you picked the topics other than SEO research? Like what specific steps did you take to surface the best topics? Yeah, we broke it up into two different categories. So we basically said, hey, there's pain-based keywords and there's solution-based keywords. So solutions-based mm-hmm. is I've already identified what I want. Nobody was really searching for inbound marketing. Uh, we were... You know, I think we we're second or third for inbound marketing agency because um, we optimized for that. So we were, you know, today we, you could scroll forever and probably never find Guava Fox because that's yeah. not still, that's not still, a, and it's also incredibly competitive today. And at the time, it was, you know, there were a couple hundred other, other partners out there. Um, but SEO was, was part of our jam. But a lot of people were looking for SEO services. That was the, the thing. And I don't know why we did this, but we were focused on some local stuff. And so we wrote these posts. You know, uh, one was called Five Lies Pittsburgh SEO Companies Like to Tell. Specifically Pittsburgh. Specifically Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh SEO Company was like, hey, we're in the Pittsburgh area. We're going to target this keyword. Um, There was enough search traffic because at the time when you were looking for an SEO company, you looked at the city you were in and then who's the SEO company locally? You know, the bigger brands Mm -hmm. were for a geographic agency. Well, that did great because one, it was the number one result for Pittsburgh SEO company very quickly. Um, and then two, the click-through rate on that was extremely high. Who's written the article on five lies that these SEO companies like to tell? Um, so that was a solution-based keyword. Though Someone's already self-prescribed that SEO is what they need. We then need to have the conversation and say, hey, SEO is a part of it. You got to get traffic to your site. But what happens once they're on your site? How do you take, take folks you know, from kind of click to, to cash? And, um, and so that was one bucket. The second bucket of keywords was pain-based um, keywords. So in, you're, you know, I probably have gone down this road before, but basically asking the questions of how, how long, like, you know, the kind of the open-ended questions of how do I solve these problems? Um, how do I do this? What's the best place to do this? What's the best way to do this? Um, and so we kind of pick and choose from both of those. We section up our, you know, what's the content that we're writing into? What's really top of the funnel stuff? So we have one. In fact, if you Googled Facebook, top Facebook contest apps, I'll do that right now. Uh, you know, that was something that we were running some of at the time. And we are now, we're not the featured snippet, but we're the top result below that. I'm not logged into my Guava Box profile. Be curious if other people <clears throat> are there. Facebook contest apps, top five apps for your next, next contest. That drove a lot of traffic. Extremely top of the funnel, not necessarily related. Some of those people actually were a good fit. Other folks were not at all a good fit. Um, so it's kind of like unrelated. We're just driving traffic. They might be relevant, might not be relevant. The uh-huh. kind of consideration folks in that middle of the funnel who are looking at, hey, do we want to do inbound or do we want to do something else? And then the decision stage folks who are, hey, we want to work with an agency. Do we want to work with a guava box or do we want to work with some other agency out there? Um, gotcha. So anyways, that was kind of the, the grid that we used for keywords. 
Okay, interesting. It's it's a nice model because it's very simple, right? It's uh, it's easy to follow. I think it's easy to get kind of lost in the weeds here when it comes to. I mean, I've seen so many frameworks categorizing keywords in so many different ways. Sometimes it's as easy as that. The next question I had was, uh, what was your approach towards quality versus quantity? Like, how did you set the bar of okay, let's just just get this out the door versus well, this needs to be actually. Know, so good that we're kind of winning this keyword. From what you're saying, the competition was lower at that time. But tell me about that. Like, what was the mindset regarding it? You know, just put things out there versus we got to have the best content. So I've always brought a pretty process-oriented and detail-oriented mindset to what we've done. So we operationalized the batch days really well. Um, there was, from a project management perspective, this eventually lived in do inbound once we built it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The blog post is the ultimate deliverable. What well, needs to happen? There's a writer, there's an editor, there's kind of the optimizer, and then there's ultimately the publishing, and then the fifth step is promoting that um, after it. So uh, each one would go through that same process. There was a checklist for each one. Because of where competition was, we probably should have... Uh, I, I think there's an argument that we could have just pumped out more content and been a little bit less picky about uh, did all the did all the images have alt text and you know did everything else line up perfectly in the CTA and there's a custom image designed for every post um, but they all went through that same uh, that same process and we just used a simple template for featured images. Um, I remember getting probably a ton of agency owners can relate to this. Yeah, the email from Getty Images saying, hey, you used, a web, you used this image, someone forgot to check the license on it, and you owe us $1,200 because you used this image you weren't supposed to use. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of lessons learned along the way and refinements had to get made to the, to the process. I see. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how, how the workflow played out. Okay. Agency Breakthrough is brought to you by ZenPilot. ZenPilot is ClickUp's number one solutions partner, helping agencies get maximum value from ClickUp as quickly as possible. We've helped over 3,000 agencies get work done faster and better and with more visibility. And we do that by identifying your operational bottlenecks, crafting the perfect work management system for your needs, and training your team on how to use it consistently. We also have a library of over 200 battle-tested agency processes and SOP templates that you can leverage immediately when you start working with us. Go to zenpilot.com, that's Z-E-N-P-I-L-O-T.com, book a call with us, and get on the path to better productivity and bigger profits. Tell me more about, and I, I mean, I'll let you go in just uh, you know, in a few moments here. Uh, we did mean to make this one a little bit shorter, but like for each of the breakthroughs that we share on this show, I'm always thinking of the listeners that are like, okay, that sounds good. I think we are facing a similar problem and that solution, in this case, batching, sounds like something to try. Could you give people kind of a, a recipe for what makes a good batch day, what you need to have in place? You know, what are the, the mistakes that you might uh, make here so that they can avoid them? Number one, somebody needs to plan it. So we would rotate this role uh, between three of us who would take point, 
But basically, what's the what's the priority order? So today we are doing podcasting, Cuba, or we're doing blogging or whatever that outcome is. Emails, Cuba, you're gonna you know write these emails in this order. You just work as far as you can, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one: is give people clarity on where to start and uh, and roll from. And somebody needs to take point. That does not need to be a whole group effort to go do that. Someone can easily do it. And if it's slightly wrong, that's fine. Going somewhere is better than you know, kind of staying stuck trying to um, optimize for which which one exactly should we do. Um, we would try and keep at least the last forty five minutes, if not hour, for editing and hitting publish on something. So having mm-hmm. some segment of time where um, you know you got assigned. If I was writing the post, Andrew would proof it. Brandon would publish it and schedule out promotion for it um, on social or whatever was whatever was happening. So we needed to keep time for that to be able to actually get things live and keep momentum going. And then at the end of it, there should just be some kind of celebration. Hey, we did this. Oh. It can be super small or you can grab lunch. Um, but it could just be, hey, everybody, let's just celebrate. Here's like the quick updates of I got this done, this done, this done. Uh, This one is published already. This one's in the hopper for next Wednesday. And this one's in the hopper for three weeks from now. And I've got this last one, you know, it's almost done being proofed. I'm going to finish this up in 15 minutes after this. And then that'll be ready to go too. Okay. Quick status update. Uh, One makes everyone, everyone benefits from the feeling of, boy, today was a slow morning for me, but you made progress. That's awesome. We're moving the company forward. Um. And then there's also, you know, some accountability to, boy, I don't want to be the, the person who's always contributing the least every single week. There's weeks where I'll be faster, weeks where I'll be slower. Um, and so I think both of those forces worked well for us, but closing it out with a celebration. And also you're celebrating the fact that we showed up, we did our work for this week. We can now check out. And if we don't touch marketing again until next Wednesday, that's totally fine. Like we we did the minimum standard of, we can call it a win because we all showed up and did this. And that was really powerful and ultimately cultivated, you know, I'm sure content that got worked on outside of that as well. Um, and I remember optimizing that Facebook contest apps post, you know, at 1 a.m. Uh, and working on it for a couple hours uh, one night because I was excited about it. Um, so anyways, those are a couple of the, the key things. Yeah. The words that pop in my mind related to this is like, you've got focus when you're doing it. And you've got, you know, this clarity that this is what we're doing now today for this first half of Wednesday. We're not doing anything else. But then at the at the end of it, the third word that came to my mind is like freedom, you know, as right. in you can be free from this type of work, you know, in a sense, uh, until the next batch comes. That I think, you know, this relates back to a lot of concepts like, you know, deep work, you know, Cal Newport probably would have something to say <laughs> about this being effective, etc. So I wanted to ask, I mean, this immediately popped in my mind as you were talking about this. You mentioned you were doing this for nine months. So if you don't mind me asking, what made you stop? Uh, That's a great question. So we didn't stop. Uh, We continued, but it did, I mean, it really continued until we decided to make the switch to do inbound. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it did slow down. We took that chunk that was originally kind of a minimum of four and probably more like five hours most Wednesdays. And that became two hours, um, still Wednesday morning. And the biggest reason for that was we were kind of swimming in more leads than we knew how to handle um, at that point. And so that led to, and the whole reason that Do Inbound existed, our 
product management software that was the predecessor to our work on top of ClickUp was we broke through that growth ceiling and the next thing that started breaking was now client services, when there's more work than the three of us originally could handle, you know, after we, we had one founder leaves with three founders and then we started adding people to the team and we figure out all these things on the delivery side that broke and that led to the strong, like, okay, we've got to systematize out what delivery looks like and then, hey, we've got a system that we think is working. Now we don't have a tool that's helping us with it. Let's go build our own tool. Long, long journey from there. Um, but that's what was the the cause for this the reduction in velocity. Uh, and I think that's a good lesson that we can all take away from that is start with some amount. You may need to add more hours if we were doing this at um, today at Guava Box. If we were starting Guava Box from scratch, that would probably be an entire day or two half days a week that we need to dedicate to it. And that would probably calm down over time or we might need to find that we need to do three half days and then you know, scale it back okay. as you start getting the results. So what I'm hearing is that still there was this kind of ebb and flow of you know sales versus delivery, but at least you had that guaranteed slot of, for example, two hours, so it didn't like completely die down. I get that. So I have um, two final questions here. One I wanted to ask about is, is batching still a thing that you do or that Zenpilot does? Yes. Uh, as you know firsthand, <laughs> this is one of my, my, one of my favorite things. Uh, to do. I try really hard to protect my Fridays for the most part so that I can batch on something. Um, but yeah, and I would actually like to do more of it as my, you know, uh, uh, like Paul Graham talks about the maker and the manager schedule and mm-hmm. just the challenges of balancing both of those things. And as our team has grown and role as uh, uh, kind of the integrator and in a couple different seats in the accountability chart Zenpilot right now has evolved. I have fewer of those blocks of deep work and batching. And so trying to figure out like that, so a struggle for me right now is figuring out, you know, how can I, without messing up everyone else's schedules, how can I condense and push meetings together uh, to create more opportunities to go batch? Um, and yeah, it, uh, it absolutely is. We just had a day when we spent two hours writing content and then another three recording podcast episodes, including this one. So yes, it's still very much alive. This is something that I didn't do. Like I did it like once or twice at my previous company. And I still remember those days. There was one day where for eight hours, we just worked on our Wikipedia entry and we got on the Polish, admittedly, Wikipedia. But we did that, you know? And now I'm finding myself wondering, why did we not do more of that? And this is even more validation that we should have. Yeah. Anyway, so last question. Uh, we're nerds when it comes to tools and processes. Are there any particular tools? Like if you were doing batching, you know, today or, you know, starting this process, is there a particular tool that you would recommend for kind of managing or like for the writing itself? Does AI come into play? Anything that comes to your mind? Uh, I wouldn't let the tool be the hang up on anything. Obviously, in terms of where we'd centralize all this, like this is going to live in ClickUp for us. Here's all the assignments. Here, here's what we're working through. And ultimately what we're reviewing in a show and tell at the end of that is here are the ClickUp tasks and where each of these things stand. Because I think the biggest thing that you get out of all of this is the motivate, it's the shared motivation and the morale. Yeah. Everyone has a better experience. Um, even if it's a slow day and everyone has kind of a down day, we're all it's it's the feeling of being in it together that's the exciting, exciting part. Really yes. of any of this. I mean, any of businesses, you know, money can be great, um, clients being happy. 
is awesome Rec- recognition in the community or whatever community you're a part of is cool. But the most rewarding part is 100% the relationships and the feeling of, hey, we're all in this together. And I think that's what batching helps accomplish. Um, from a writing perspective, I, don't, I mean, Google Docs are easy to collaborate on. I know that's uh, your go-to. And we sometimes go back and forth on, like Jeff and I are deep in ClickUp Docs, um, but it's kind of shifting over to Google Docs. I think that's... Um, that's easy to do. I don't think I have any other specific, like ClickUp would be the the core place where all this is housed. Yeah, these days, I think we're using ChatGPT on the side too to try to kind of speed up the work. Like our session today included you doing a lot of writing and me kind of thinking a little bit more long-term, like for the type of post that you're writing today, how could we make like 70% of the work happen through ChatGPT? Because these were LinkedIn posts based on podcast episodes of, of the other podcast, Agency Journey. And actually managed to come up with some prompts and a you know and a workflow that, that that works here, kind of setting the stage for for future batches. And I like that we have a round. I would plug around here. Uh, you oh know, yeah, just a lightweight meeting app. We were in there, you know, hanging out and kind of exchanging ideas with each other. You can minimize it so it's like super small on your screen, and it allows you to kind of keep uh, keep the person still there but not interfering with your work. So that's kind of in the toolbox if anybody was curious. Around.co, we didn't use it today, but they also have the vibes. You put on whatever vibe you're feeling and everyone's listening yeah. to the same music. It's one more way to feel like hey, we're kind of in the same place doing this together. Yeah, put on you know either the same playlist or Around does allow you to play you know like this, these music presets. And it's an opportunity to hang out. I think it's, a, it's important also in a remote context where there isn't that much of an opportunity to just like be in a space together doing work. And this is, well, maybe not an equivalent of it, but it does give you kind of the same feeling of like sitting together at the office. So I really appreciated our, our bashing sessions today and we should do even more of it, make it more of a habit. Okay, so we plug that. One other thing that I wanted to plug, because, you know, we always have that cornucopia section, uh, section. I wanted to plug the progress principle here too. I feel like what you mentioned about, like it felt great to make progress and to push these things live. This is what the progress principle talks about. I forget the name of the author as per usual. Uh, but look it up. There is a, there's a great talk at Google about it. It kind of encapsulated, encapsulates it. You don't have to read the whole book. But kind of it boils down to this one phrase that the one thing that motivates teams the most is making progress on meaningful work. And these batches fit this definition perfectly. It's meaningful work and there's lots of progress and it's very visible. Things are out. And you do it together. I think that's a perfect mix. I should have read Stephen and Teresa back in the back in the day. Right, isn't that uh, Teresa Amabile? And I'm blanking on Stephen's last name, but something with a K. Sorry, you meant you mentioned the that progress, you had them on the, the show progress principle. Progress principle. Uh, no, I, I should I should have read it back in the day. I've read it since then, but I did not read it uh, back in the Guava Box days. But that would have been an easier way to. Hey, hey, here's the. We should be batching everything that we do. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, so that was Agency Breakthrough for today. Great, did you have anything else to add on this as we wrap up? No, that was awesome. That's it. That's the show. Thanks, Kuba. Yeah, bit of a shorter one. Everybody have a nice day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Agency Breakthrough. It's really cool that you stuck around till the very end. 
If you like this, don't forget to subscribe to Agency Breakthrough for more episodes. Just search for Agency Breakthrough Podcast. We're on YouTube and a bunch of other platforms. Just use your favorite one and follow us and subscribe. See you next time.